Alan's got the soundtracks <coughs> to all the Japanese Transformers. Yeah. And one of the the Japanese uh, theme tunes for I think it was Beast Wars. Yeah. Is all cowbells and dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual, I've got a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> but you frequently open on school buses? That's terrible. <laughs> Is that a school bus? Oh, why am I on a school bus in your scenario? I don't know. I want to know that too. Why were you on that school bus? <laughs> I just woke up there. I <laughs> Welcome to Don't Jump the Shack. <laughs> I'm Ross. And here's the Steve the Beef to my Megan Fox grant. I know we use this a lot for jokes, but the parent's guide for Transformers has one of the greatest lines ever. A woman marches towards several men and says, Get out of my bush! <laughs> <laughs> and here's our son slash car, Chris. Bawi, granawi, ninibong. Fluent, fluent Transformer. <laughs> Cybertronian, I think you think. It's <laughs> not the universal language. That's the universal, yeah, that's universal. I wonder what the universe is like, plural for the language of the universe. <laughs> universal? <laughs> Univer- universe. <laughs> oh. It's like a Bing Crosby song. <laughs> Universally universal. <laughs> so yeah, this episode's film is 2007 hit Transformers, Grant. It is. Is it? Or as I like to call it, Fuck you, Michael B. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we do every week. We take a film that's good up until a point and then goes too far. We talk you through the film and point out that jump the shark moment where we feel it goes off the deep end. Could be five minutes in, could be five minutes from the end. As always, we've locked ourselves in a garden where we're trying to hide from Spike's parents. Oh no, watch out for that dog house or whatever it is. Oops, my bad. <laughs> And we studied the film separately, so we have no way of knowing each other's chosen shark jumping moment. This week's question is, um, if you could have any current film starlet ride inside you, who would it be and why? I would go with the girl from Transformers 3, (laughs) just to get her right up Megan Fox. (laughs) It's like Rosie Huntipping Whitley or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who advertises Marks and Spencers. (laughs) With Ryan Reynolds. Um, for me, I don't know. It's a hard one, that one. See, just watched Spider-Man a couple of weeks ago, so Emma Stone's a, a very good choice for that. But um, also, you know, if you're going to superhero theme, you can go for Scarlett Johansson and Avengers being pretty. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'd know her way around your gear stick. Yeah, the cowboy from inner space inside you. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> You could whisper that second rule to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so I have a synopsis. Okay. 
was that uh, Wheelie's synopsis from IMDb or it was a it was an interpretation of what perhaps Wheelie may have uncovered on the World Wide Web. It is, it is handy to have you here with the expert in, <laughs> in Transformer. Some... Even though he hasn't worked since '86, he's still as much of a diva to <laughs> say, "Oh, I'm doing it my way." <laughs> well, the major issue with Wheelie is he speaks in kind of like stupid fiddly rhythms and rhymes. Mm. It's like you know, look there, over there. It's like can't you say, "Look over there." Just look over there, Wheelie. I'd love to hear a conversation between him and Yoda. Backwards, <laughs> like, yeah. But essentially, what he was trying to say was that this guy buys a car that turns out to be a robot, and the robot's there to save the planet from these other baddie robots because they want to make all the machines on Earth uh, evil and enslave the human race, or maybe just kill the humans. They don't really make that clear. <laughs> and then basically, um, they have a big fight, and the, the goodies you know, prevail. Nice, nice. Thanks for that interpretation from Cybertronian, did you say it was? <laughs> I don't know. Universal, the universal language of... Universe. universe. <laughs> right, Grant. So can you give us the the mechanics of this vehicle? <laughs> okay, let's start with the actors and actress. <laughs> let's be what? fair, there was two. <laughs> let's start off with Steve the Beef. We've seen him before. Yes, yeah. infamous on this podcast. <laughs> Recurring character. So he would been in the Battle of Shaker Heights, which was the Project Greenlight movie, back when he had a big Jufro. Yes. <laughs> he was in Holes, back when he had a big Jufro. <laughs> back when he had a big hole. <laughs> He's kind of like, you know how Tom Hanks, as soon as he got, as soon as he got fat... Well, as soon as you mentioned Tom Hanks, very apt, because Michael B in an interview said about Steve DeBeef that he reminded him of a very young Tom Hanks. So Well, yeah, it's like... Here. Well, Tom Hanks, is, as soon as he got fat, he stopped being good. Yeah. Or as soon as he got thin, actually. Yeah. So it is, yeah. As soon as he got thin, he started being good. And it wasn't until he started getting fat again that he started being enjoyable <laughs> again. I think Steve the Beef is very like that. The smaller his hair is, the less enjoyable he is. <laughs> he was also in Dumber and Dumberer. Was he? Yes, he was. What? He really <laughs> acts on anything that anybody casts him in, doesn't he? <laughs> That's astounding. Next up, uh, we've got Oily Megan Fox. Mm. <laughs> oily, oily. <laughs> it's, it's because she's a mechanic, Grant. Of course she's covered in oil all the time. It's got more oil in it than Bumblebee does. <laughs> is it baby oil or is it car oil? <laughs> anyway, she was in a classic that is Jonah Hex. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that. It's <laughs> fairly solid. Better than Transformers Range of the Fallen, anyway. <laughs> no word of a lie, she was in a film called Whore. <laughs> I think it's jokes right themselves <laughs> and uh, I just want to tell you our two score stars from that film as well um, Rumor Willis oh. oh yeah and Ron Jeremy wow <laughs> appropriate for a phone call and I don't know if you've ever seen this film but she's also in Jennifer's Body which is atrocious yeah and it was maybe pretty terrible poster was pretty awesome it is <coughs> Even a lesbian kiss out of nowhere can't save it. Not like the lesbian kiss in uh, Cruel Intentions, then. Mm. Which does save that film. <laughs> Especially when you're 14, you're like, come on! <laughs> Let's uh, jump to hunky beefcake Josh Duhamel. We know him from being hot. Do you know him from Fanboy and Chum Chum? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you mention it, yes! <laughs> The Nick Jr. film that he made. <laughs> and yet you've got also on his CV, you've got Transformers in a film called 
Bomb Patrol Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that film is about. <laughs> so there, he, he's got a kind of mixed career, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and also, one other person who's not <clears throat> one of the main stars, but I wanted to mention him because if this is the only thing you'd seen him in, you'd think he'd be absolutely terrible. But uh, Anthony Anderson started off really, really well. He's in The Departed. <clears throat> he's in um, The Shield as a recurring character called Antoine Mitchell and he's brilliant in both those and I just wanted to say that he's not always this <laughs> give the guy poor guy a chance he's not always this bad <laughs> there was probably a lot of money went with this film wasn't there I mean they did throw a lot of money at this I had to figure somewhere in my notes and it was thrown at it as well yeah. <laughs> it wasn't carefully placed no. <laughs> 150 million dollars budget yeah I mean when you take an inflation that's like Avengers money now okay let's go for some Technical crew, shall we? Go for it. Director, Michael Bay. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. What's he, what's he destroyed? <laughs> Everything. Well, the first... I, th- I think I've got his two best films first. Okay. Seriously. Seriously. Right. I'm, not, I'm not saying this to be sarcastic, but The yeah. Rock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Rock. a good film. Yeah. Mainly That's the one about Dwayne Johnson's career, right? No. <laughs> With Sean Connery as Dwayne Rock Johnson. true. <laughs> I'm going to read a smackdown on <laughs> If you can smell what Sean Connery's cooking. He apparently had the, you know, the two guys that wrote Porridge. He he had them re- rewrite his dialogue in that film, which is why really? his dialogue really sounds. That would be it then. He did just a, he didn't just do it. <laughs> He's also done Bad Boys, which... What are you going to do, Grant? What are you going to do? My favourite Martin Lawrence film. <laughs> his worst film... Transformers notwithstanding is The Island I don't think I've ever seen The uh, Island Ian McGregor yes oh, I've not seen and that. Scarlett Johansson and even their sexy physiques can't say <laughs> that <laughs> is that the one with the drugs on The Island it's for any Mystery oh, Science Theater 2000 fans out there it remake, rips yeah. off yeah. it actually was sued by the makers of a film called Clonus the Parts Horror yeah, because cool. the yeah. plot is identical yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well we've got two writers as well Two. Yeah, yeah two, and they two. still came up with this. <laughs> two, two to write this. <laughs> took many redrafts. <laughs> well, no. It took one draft to write this. <laughs> one draft, finished, done. <laughs> Brett's <laughs> probably gay. You've got Roberto Orchi and Alex Kurtzman. Anything significant in their careers? Star Trek? Yep. Oh, yeah. Mission Impossible 3? Not too bad. Probably. Legend of Zorro? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so you're peeking there you're going to downhill quite fast now that's their jump the shark film <laughs> that's the one with the kid in it by the way my dad's going to kick your ass <laughs> oh, the little hate that bandana thing. hate it so back to you Ross what <laughs> <laughs> are we getting there then let's get into it we have a narration at the start don't we we have... well but even before that we have a DreamWorks logo because you know yeah. who executive produces this oh uh, yeah no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the story of a young man and his relationship with an alien. That's his influence yeah, on this film, I think. Because that's totally lost in the other two. <laughs> it was Spielberg wanted a film that was about a boy in his car and like the relationship and the the kind of um, you know the the growth of that and the kind of the growth of responsibility in a, in a young man at that age. And that's where his pitch was in the film. Because originally it was not supposed to be like the robots. <clears throat> there was like seven and seven robots came there, <clears> and it was kind of like the kind of post-apocalyptic kind of Armageddon struggle between the robots at the start. And in fact, that was kind of first story idea. Spielberg came aboard and he was like, "No, no, human aspect. The boy in his car should be kind of more central stage." 
And it's a mistake. <laughs> yeah. When the boy is played by Steve the Beef. <laughs> well, in this, in this um, opening narration. Opening narration, yeah. They they start talking and you're 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 following it along, all right. And then they start talking about a cube. Oh, oh! It's suddenly, just instead, <laughs> yeah, as if you're supposed to know what's going on. I mean, fair enough. If you watched kind of like the cartoon, you know, they had the energon cubes. You're yeah. like, okay, but if you've never seen it, you're like, the fuck, all right? We're just thrown in the MacGuffin right from the start then the cube I think you mean the Matrix yes <laughs> but uh, was I the only one that heard uh, as pube when he first said it the pube <laughs> this unknown planet called Earth wait a minute you just said it was unknown who do you know what it's called <laughs> but he doesn't say it like that he does the movie thing of leaving a gap between yes. planet and Earth planet which one <laughs> Oh, I thought they were going to set on Jupiter. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> for me, the film really starts before that, though, with the the Hasbro logo at the start. That for me is like Hasbro, right? So the the first thing you're seeing in the film is like the corporate logos, and it's a toy corporate logo. <laughs> it's like here's an extended advert. Yeah, it kind of it kind of shows you because the whole film came about because of Hasbro, really. I mean, because they have the, the license for Transformers, so it was another guy, whoever it was, was pitching idea Transformers, like pitched it to the to the Hasbro team. And they were going. To, they were actually pitching GI Joe, mm-hmm. and then because Gulf War Two um, started kicking off, they were like, "Oh no, we can't touch the army right now, so we'll, we'll pitch in Transformers instead." So it's kind of Hasbro's concept. It was there and said, "No, we'll go for Transformers right now." You can see how. They Although could do weirdly, it. you know, one of the first things you see in this film is just a big group of soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> which is like that was Bay's contribution. We'll come back to it later on. <laughs> you can see them kind of going for the making the soldiers the heroes, though. Because well, I mean, even when they come up against the sector seven they, later well, on, they're painted out as the good guys. Well, they are very clearly um, painted as sympathetic right off the bat. I am oh, a family man. Yeah, I, I have, have a child. I have a baby. <laughs> I cannot die. I'm the guy with specs. I'm going to die yeah. quite soon. I love my kids. I wear glasses. <laughs> Barbecued gay dudes. No, sorry, he said gators, didn't he? <laughs> Sounds a lot like gay dudes. <laughs> I have guys respects his deed actually written down on the paper. <laughs> I really like it. Does really set up the characters being very you know one dimensional black and white. This is a goodie. He has a child. He will not die. This guy's a goodie. He's black. He's you know taking the ethnic box. He will not die. This guy's fighting with glasses. He will die. <laughs> We've got a white guard on already. He's definitely dying. The Mexican guy. Well, yeah, we'll probably kill him off as well. But the army, as I say, was that was Bay's big contribution to Transformers it was, it was well one of his big contributions because he wanted the film to be more of a human struggle against the robots than it was more about the robots itself and that's why he wanted the army to be major characters in the film because it was going to be a human aspect of the film yeah, rather than robots uh, you'll have had these back in for the for the stuff that he got for Pearl Harbor as well right? so you got a lot <coughs> of army direction for, for that as well, well do you know um, if you make a film involving the army after the, the White House's final cut yeah, yeah. the army also sponsored him as well. They gave him quite a lot of money towards the film because he he, he talks he talks in these interviews, doesn't he, about the fact that they just gave him like a catalogue of all the vehicles they have yeah. and just said just pick whatever you want. And he was like, I want this one, but I want a bigger scoop on the front and stuff like that. Like God, to be that guy and have that much power and then to still come out with a film that's this shape. <laughs> it's weird that it's, that it's set in future World Cup location Qatar, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Is the Transformer attacking here? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's looking for information, 
and it's nowhere near Megatron's destination point. And it's also nowhere near where it started as well, because it says that the the guy says the helicopter was shot down in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and then it reappears in Qatar. I suppose maybe it wouldn't. <clears throat> You one of the things that, about the chopper, by the way. You know the bit where, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chopper. <laughs> you know the bit where the army guy's there and he says, "I recognise that chopper. My friend was on that chopper." You're like, like uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? How do you know that? <laughs> I know it from its registration. <laughs> I memorised it after I hit him and ran. But he, the weird thing is the way he phrases it as well. He's like. Um, did you check the? He's like, I, I don't, I don't need to check. I don't need to check. My friend was on it, and it's like, well, no, just check, <laughs> just in case. I mean, it's Go pretty on. unlikely that it's going to be that one, isn't it? Surely you would recheck if you're like, <laughs> I know that one was shot down. Yeah, I, I, I feel the need to recheck this. <laughs> what do we think of that that base assault though? I think it's pretty bad. It's actually for the opening. One of the best bits in this film. Oh, it's a quite an impressive it. action scene. I like how you're introduced to the noises first yeah, yeah. they've got the actual transformers like changing the sound effect it's like yeah. which is the actual you know G1 style sound effect which is picking boxes from either there's scope to it as well which you, you can't argue for a lot of the <laughs> later ones that you can tell what's happening yeah. with this transformer even though yeah. it's in the dark yes. which is like they don't manage that when it's light later on <laughs> actually there's an issue that I have in the film in this scene and also not as much of this scene, but it's one of the more latter scenes. But there's a lot of problems in the film where it's very obviously daylight, and then within a matter of uncontrollable time later, it's very dark. There's <laughs> yeah, a definitely yeah. there's a scene later on the film where Bumblebee is fighting Barricade, I think it is, and um, it's like broad daylight, and then about five minutes later, it's pitch black. <laughs> and I think at this scene as well, it's just it's just you can kind of almost get away with it. It's just kind of cusp of getting to sunset. But then, like, about two seconds later, when the helicopter <laughs> lands, it's just, like, pitch black. The sun goes down hell fast. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrese Gibson takes Too fast, too furious. <laughs> yeah. You know he's not going to die, because... Um, who's the Decepticon that attacks here? Uh, blackout. Blackout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackout. Blackout. Blackout doesn't bother shooting him. <laughs> takes a photo of him. <laughs> Well, Tyrese Gibson takes a photo of Blackout, and then and he's Blackout got time to get up and yeah. run away. And Blackout's like, "That was weird. What was that?" Like? <laughs> Must be a fan. <laughs> we got a good side. <laughs> but yeah, the next scene is like after the battle. It cuts to Steve the Beef, and he says, "Go do a presentation in the twenty fourth grade." I don't know. I mean, what age is he meant to be? <laughs> he's just as old as the teacher, the guy in the house. <laughs> hey, did you notice, by the way, that in the background he? Falls asleep when Sam's doing his speech. <laughs> I thought that was quite good. Steve the Beef introduces you to his great great grandfather. He <laughs> looks the most stupid stuff as well, doesn't he? He also looks suspiciously like Captain Birdseye. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, got to wonder what he's doing down in the Arctic. If he's capturing the good old cod and he just kind of stumbles upon Megatron. Later, like, <laughs> is he like trying to capture the children that have escaped from his boat, or <laughs> what, what is going on there? It's the statement you meet the, the guys make when they're like digging through the ice and they're going, "The ice is freezing faster than it's melting." You're melting the ice you're, you're chipping the ice with axes what are you trying to do melt it with your hands this is the best presentation ever though if everyone sees this <laughs> he's got this set up on an EV projector <laughs> this is what happened to my granddad this is dramatic reenaction A plus Sam this is amazing footage 
I don't know how it managed to be in colour back then. <laughs> the fact that he's doing this as a sales pitch for these glasses kind of makes you not like him yeah, a little bit. Yes. That he's got no respect for his family's heritage. And also you find out later that his dad's going to pay for his car anyway, so... Ah, oh, they go half hours in, though. It's too grand, too grand yeah. <sighs> But also in the speech he says, semen and sexton, which is a couple, you know, a couple of titles from the classes. <laughs> Sexton, <laughs> semen, <laughs> it's like there's better jokes with semen in there, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> His dad comes to pick him up in like a, a sweet car. Do you think Kevin Dunn is sponsored by Jaguar? But <laughs> <laughs> who turns up next? My favourite character in the film, Uncle Bobby Bolivia. Yeah, Bernie the... Mac. Oh no, I thought you meant the guy that was wearing the clown suit. <laughs> 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 oh. Bernie Mike just has some killer lines in the next bit. The, the bit where he waves to his mum and his mum gives him a finger and then he's like, if I had a rack I'd bust your head. <laughs> why Why does Michael Bay think all black men stay with their mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> Michael Bay has the weirdest goddamn sense of humour. <laughs> he just loves ethnic humour, doesn't he? He's like, can we make these people ethnic stereotypes, please? <laughs> please, go on. I only do it once in every film. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> once, in, once spread over ten characters. <laughs> Wait till the Indian call centre guy in the next part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that's a racist thing I've seen since Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> How, how sweet is the little Autobots badge and that that we eventually found on Bumblebee and the fact that he's parked next to the, the, the beetle, beetle as well that's I, really cool I hate Michael Bay for that though to be fair because Michael Bay not being a Transformers fan said that he didn't want the idea of Bumblebee being a beetle because it made them think of Herbie the Love Bug so uh, <laughs> he, he wanted completely the notion of not being a beetle I mean I don't mind like, that's actually them that's <coughs> PR spin on their part though because yeah. Volkswagen refused to let them use the Beatles mm. when this film so he's obviously just saying that it's like a, yeah. yeah I'm going to justify I this. didn't want it anyway <laughs> <laughs> I think they're ugly and I'm going to have my cooler car hit it with its door <laughs> just to show his boss yeah but like the Beatle the, Beatle, the, Beatle, the old Beatle versus the new Beatle yeah you kind of you get it you kind of get it yeah it wouldn't have been quite as cool as well if, as if the Beatle had went up on two Beatles scanned a new Beatle yeah. and landed you wouldn't have been like whoa it's a new Beatle. Nah, you're right. <laughs> what a prick Bumblebee is, though, for trashing Bernie Max. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, surprised. I'm surprised they didn't also burst their eardrums <laughs> if it's loud enough to smash the glass. Also, or avoid their bolts. Also, the the car yard's also a petting zoo as well, and it's got a tropical bird there. Think of the bird with that that siren, <laughs> like an emu. Yeah. That bird is actually native to Bolivia, and the character's called Bobby Bolivia. That's how much they thought about that bird. I think, what, although, I think that SPCA should have been in there. Well, I guess Bernie Mac would have crawled some money back because he didn't own this car and didn't have any paperwork for it. Yeah. He just sold it anyway. I <laughs> really fixed all those windows, right? Bernie Mac didn't even know the car had an engine. Stop sorting for phone right? And next, we're introduced to character number 60. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you're only 10 minutes into the film. Yeah. <laughs> Which is John Foy and his amazing ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just in it for some exposition anyway. It's, it's, it's a quick in and out, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? Okay, um, we are the military. Um, okay. I look like a military person. Let's decode this code, guys. 
go. Over to you, Steve the Beef, for the next scene. <laughs> it was that again was just more fluff. Like there was, there was more characters in that scene. Like didn't need to be there. Was a Kevin Smith kind of quasi lookalike guy. There was a kind of somewhat somewhat kind of Australian kind of Aussie girl there, and there was no need for them to be there. Really, there was just there was more characters. Than needed in this film. You could have had one um, code breaker later on just going, I've cracked it. That would have done. Would have done all those three characters. Well, you're introduced to possibly my least favourite character next as well, which is Sam's mum. Oh, she oh, yeah. is terrible. Especially if you if you watch the deleted scenes on I think it's Revenge of the Fallen, mm-hmm. where she gives Kevin Dunn's character a toe job, and you're like, where would this have fitted in? <laughs> Like, obviously the, the comic relief but they're not in any way comical or relieve me of anything <laughs> and then I'm getting character introduction whiplash again because it goes, it goes straight to <laughs> Judge Duhamel's wife who finds out that he's dead on TV that's right yeah presumably she gets a phone call before that. <laughs> your husband's missing in action uh, might want to not watch CNN for the next <laughs> so I think Steve, when he's trying to pick up Megan Fox here, is a little bit more subtle than uh, Michael Bay, at least. Did you hear that story? No. No? Um, Michael Bay, like, when he eventually recast Megan Fox's character, or she left, or whatever happened there, she came out with a story that to get the part in the first Transformers film, he was like, yeah, I think you're really good after the audition in that event, but turn up at my house at 7 o'clock, whatever, you know, Saturday or whatever. She turns up, and he's like, right, I want you to wash my car. (laughs) <laughs> and got to wash his car, and that, that and then she got the she got the role after that. <laughs> what pervert? <laughs> what weird abu- abuse of power? <laughs> no, I think there is some some. Then she came in. It was like okay, next to hoovering. <laughs> <laughs> you really want this job? <laughs> <laughs> this is a big mansion. <laughs> My favourite line at this bit is when you get the weird jock guy who Megan Fox is going out with. Yeah. Um, where he's like, hey guys, let's leave these guys alone. I know of a party elsewhere. <laughs> Weirdly upper class. <laughs> I know of a party. I know of a party. That's the, who's ever said that? You'd also kind of introduce the Steve the Beast kind of like comeback quip kind of uh, mm. witty banter mm-hmm. that he's got at this point as well. With his Sam Wit. Sam Wit. Wh- Quicky. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm so Shut proud up. of that. Yeah. <laughs> he actually does. I think you know how I was saying as well that I think he's an idiot for disrespecting his family. Yeah. Is he not just as much of an idiot for throwing his friend at the car? Yeah, he has <laughs> no loyalty. He has no loyalty at all to anything. I kind of thought at this bit, oh, maybe it's only a two-seater car. Which yeah, but there's obviously seats in the back, and they do mention it later. Yeah. And well, and, and the, the scene, scene. Yeah, 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 and the scene. The guy's like, you know, I'll go in the front, you go in the back. And he's like, no, you just fuck off. He's, <laughs> like, he's an arsehole. Yeah. Like, you, you really don't want to like him. <laughs> I don't. So I don't want Megan Fox to walk ten miles home. I want you to walk ten miles home. <laughs> This car does have the most convenient radio stations ever, doesn't it? It's like, for every scene that happens, it seems to have a little clip it from somewhere on the radio. Sexual healing? Yeah. yeah this bit. Well, pressure is a bit where, like, Steve the Beef says to Megan Fox, I want, is it like, I want to ride you home or something? No, no, I want to give you a ride home. No, oh, what, what have I said? What have I said? What am I like? 
Oh, it'd be so much funnier if like Steve the Beast character was more like a kind of Russell Brand character, like <laughs> Cockney geezer. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, this is the part where really kind of starts to disturb me about Bumblebee's character because it's very clear that Bumblebee wants the two of them to have sex and <laughs> have sex inside them. You have to kind of wonder what Transformer drives two kids out to like you know look make out, out point. point or like you know rape point or whatever you're going to call it <laughs> to really kind of try and have them to have sex inside themselves. That's what he's hinting for. That's what he wants. Do, do you think that um, <clears throat> him having his voice removed was comes because of some sort of sex crime? <laughs> <laughs> Megan's law or something. Like that. <laughs> Megan Fox's law. <laughs> <laughs> My next note is just hate Steve the Beef. Hate. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what bit that referred to. It could be anything, really. Uh, the next one I've got says, uh, must be where, I think it's where Steve the Beef is dropping Megan Fox home, and I'm pretty sure he says something like, there's more than meets the eye. Yeah. yeah. To you. It's like after you're like, wink. <laughs> oh, jeez. Lame. <laughs> How lame is it as well that um, this is poor writing as well? We've got a girl who's good at mechanics. We're going to call her Michaela. <laughs> what was her second name again? Uh, it's something B, because I'm pretty sure her initials are like, it's like Michael Bay, and they took the, her name for like Michael Bay. I'm sure I read that. <laughs> Michaela B. It's, Mika- it's Michaela something. I'm sure, sure it begins with B. There's a cutaway to a scene on a plane as well, where Air Force One oh, you know, oh is, is Fast ravage, forward. isn't it? Fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Ravage. Yeah. Before that, actually, though, this Transformers is... roll out. <laughs> it goes back to the Pentagon again, does it not? And they're talking about about where it's the... not the Pentagon. They're on Air Force One. No, but there's a wee bit before. I think they're talking about um, <coughs> the code. The code, yeah, yeah. And where the code's coming from. Because it's just that's where they hear it again, isn't it? Yeah, they're where they bring about... the hackers in. Yeah, yeah. and talking... the, the blonde woman who's clearly not a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> She's way too thin to spend that much time in front of, it, <laughs> of a monitor. She's kind of like, like an underwear model that's going kind to of wander into the <laughs> But they're talking about like who is to blame. Is it the Chinese or the Iranians or the Carbomians or... No, <laughs> it's the Decepticons. But they don't know it yet. And then it cuts off to Air Force One. Yeah, and it's Ravage trying to hotline the president's computer <clears throat> on the plane. Yep. I'm not a hacker, so can someone please explain to me isn't the whole purpose of hacking that you can do it from anywhere? <laughs> and yet in this film, it's always you go to the computer which has the original data in question and hack that. Why is he on Air Force One? Why not just go to a government building? Or a Wi-Fi hotspot. <laughs> exactly. Transform it a laptop I mean, and then hack it. Ravage for me is like, it's up there. That's one of my major beefs for this film. <laughs> Steve the beef? It's, it's like mega beef. Um, he's, he's like... A demented Johnny Five with legs <laughs> that runs about with a kind of sniggering like that kind of like that kind of dialogue. Michael yeah. Bay's weird ass sense of humour again, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> the fact that Michael Bay made the first cut and then screamed it to a room of thirty children, recut it and then screamed it again to a room of thirty children. That was his first base of contact with anybody was children. Then obviously, I mean, I know what the film is called Transformers. It's about transforming fucking cars and robots, but like. <laughs> Aye, yeah. it was made in the eighties, wasn't it? The original. That's the, yeah, yeah, you're missing an audience cool. there. It's like when they did the Star Wars prequels, and you only pitch it to children, but you've got all these children that have grown up yeah. with in Star Wars. Those, so yeah. pitch it to them as well. Those are those are the the place that the money is going to come from as well. Yeah, 
Kids can't buy DVDs, but no. parents can, so... But we do go from something that you can't do well, Michael Bay, to something that you can do well, which is the Scorpionox desert scene. Before we get there, though, I want to point out one of my moments. I'm not too sure yet if it's my Jump the Shark moment, but no. it could be. It's, it's one of my top two contenders. And it's where the plane lands on the tarmac and Ravage <laughs> slinks down the wheel. And I think it's Blackout, the cop car, that's sitting there waiting for him. Mm. And Ravage does the kind of nonchalant walk back to him with his hand <laughs> covering his eyes. <laughs> like to kind of say, nothing was here. Casually strolling back to the car. But it's like clearly a transformer walking back to a car. Like that for me, you're watching it and it's like, and he's that wee kind of nonchalant, like, you know, I'm walking along to the car. Nothing's here. Carry on, carry on. That walk alone just was like. It physically brought out <laughs> something that made me want to punch a puppy in the face. <laughs> and because I've got a puppy, that That's almost not happened. a good idea. Yeah. That almost happened. I don't like as well how the lame comedy where Bumblebee just goes away by himself. <laughs> to check in. To check in and send a light up to space. <laughs> not that far <laughs> in the future and they still don't have like some kind of decent technology where they don't have to send a massive searchlight into the sky. I mean, they don't have CB radios. Well, he can't talk. <laughs> You'd have to come up with some different songs which, uh, <laughs> Grand Control to Optimus Prime <laughs> yeah but that for me the wee nonchalant robot walk was just like oh it made me want to be sick <laughs> anyway carry on Sam and the Cops though is the first bit of comedy that truly works for me where the, the cops don't believe him <laughs> yeah the cops sure? are yeah. they're like you're sure your car drove away by itself <laughs> right <laughs> If, if Bumblebee is trying to get Sam on his side, though, and by the way, how does how do the Autobots even know about the glasses and that Sam <laughs> has them? I know there's probably some and that he's going to buy a car that explains this, but a film should stand on its own merit. Why does Bumblebee know no, to Sam, stop yeah. Sam? Some would actually have all four prequel comics, so, and it doesn't. <laughs> the guy was very much like kind of separate. That crop. He's like, you look like You are my piece. That guy. That guy. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> yeah, so the Scorpionock attack. That's good. I like it. I disagree. I think here's where you start to have an over-reliance on close shots within your action scenes. <clears throat> but that that's totally goes with what I, I would say, though, because my favourite parts of that are the parts where you see, like, you see the AC-130 Warthogs coming in and you see it from, a, like you say, you, you get a sense of scope and you see Scorpionox lying there as the big the big airships coming around and firing the, the massive shells at it. That's the scenes that I really like. But the most bits that are it, close are rubbish. Well, that, but that's most of yeah. it. That is, you just see Scorpionox, one of his legs, and you're like, great, yeah. he's possibly <laughs> some, attacking them. <laughs> you see some sand thrown up in the air. <clears throat> this whole scene felt like I was watching a different movie. I felt like I was watching some sort of like weird futuristic black cotton down. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> until the bit goes on the phone. Yeah, because <laughs> there's even the like the little laser tagging and stuff. You're like, this is the canoe. There's a really nice shot stuff. within here actually when Josh Duhamel takes the phone away to go on the phone, and the window explodes behind him and it's just light rushing in behind mm. him. That's a really nice shot. But unfortunately, then you've got him on the phone to. Uh, yeah, Mr. The call center. Yes. <laughs> call him Mr. Singh. Yes. <laughs> hey, your tone is not helpful, so <laughs> just racism of the worst kind. 
the scene before that where they're running away from Scorponok, I remember reading that uh, that was a real scene. Obviously, Scorponok wasn't there. But what happened was Michael Bay definitely put, ran behind them. They put, <laughs> they put charges in the desert and placed the actors in a place and charges were timed to go off at a certain point and he told the actors, no word of a lie, you guys need to keep running and don't stop running for anything because if you start running you'll get seriously injured or immediately be killed. <laughs> so the look on their faces when they're running away is a genuine look of fear because Michael Bay's placed them into a kind of extreme dangerous situation to get the perfect shot. Do you think they were sitting down to dinner one day and Megan Fox was moaning about having to wash his car and they're like, well, we've, we've got a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's quite a lot of that in this film. There's more that happens at the arm, which is real. And the Michael Bay is just, he's like a cruel tormentor, I think, of a, of a director. He just, yeah. He's a bastard. Because the whole scene with Steve on the ledge is yeah, that real. Yeah, that was real as well, yeah. yeah. It is basically an army recruiting film at this point. Yeah, exactly. Then. Again, that was my point. Like, I, I really, I really want to enjoy the film, but again, the subconscious part of me is like, join the army because <laughs> I need you but also another part of me thought again this is really off topic but the film came out around at the same time as Gulf War 2 and my thing was if it might be a kind of way of you know flexing your muscles on screen showing you you know the kind of firepower that the US army have got equipped to them we can even take down aliens <clears throat> yeah so you know you sand people in the desert over there we're going to come and take your oil you can't do much about it because we can beat Decepticons we're going to beat you easy as long as we put film cinema screens yeah. in your place first that was kind of like you know it's kind of like America fuck yeah it was like one of those moments you know and there's quite a lot of that in the film there is a shot I really like here as well which is just ridiculously patriotic where Josh and Tyrese are just standing and the planes fly over their head. <laughs> it happens all the time in Bay films. And it's it's the the thing that he does as well, which having just rewatched Bad Boys, that's really bad for this as well, is people standing up and looking around in slow motion. <laughs> yes. There is a lot of slow motion. With their stuff. shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> the call center thing was actually based on a real story that Michael Bailey's told. Like um one of the guys that were training the, the staff was was telling them a story that they were actually out in the field and uh, they had no way of communicating back to the base. So they phoned a call centre to pitch them through to the, the US headquarters in America and again the phone the call centre was like really unresponsive, really unhelpful. It wouldn't patch the call through to America. So that actual story happened because it happened in real life. Do you think it happened as racistly as I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think it happened quite as racistly as that. That was probably, you know, make a bait up. I'll sprinkle a little bit of that my magic on there and but yeah, that was a real story. The blonde hacker goes to see Anthony Anderson. That that is a stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> I'm That's just playing my computer and eating my fried chicken. <laughs> Shut up, Grandma! Drink your prune juice. Because of course he lives at home with his mum. He's back. You know that's yes. what this film says. That's what Michael Bay says. We're also about three quarters of it into the film, and we've only seen like three. Transformers <laughs> so far, you know, we're, we're not really getting into the film with called Transformers yet. You know, it's, there's still a lot of <laughs> character development here. There's more characters coming in right now as well, which is not helping things. It's, it's yeah. less Transformers, more Transformer. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All you've had is Steve the Beef tra- try and transform into a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Unsuccessful. Yeah. Transform into Megan Fox's pants. <laughs> Megan Fox's oily pants. <laughs> When the police break in as well, it's like, oh no, five oh. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the commitment. The guy just runs to the paint glass yes. window. <laughs> like, no, I'm not no time. That's one of my favourite parts. And then the guy Bad gets boys, speared into the pool. <laughs> yeah, that it does was genuinely uh, make me laugh. That was that was worthwhile in the scene to see that happen. 
Today's episode of Cops is filmed before a stereotypical audience. <laughs> <laughs> right, so will we play an intermission game? Yes. And yes. an intermission sound effect? Okay, so it's the intermission game, and obviously the film's Transformers, so the first place I went to with my mind is people who have transformed their genders. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to show you a series of pictures, and you've got to guess whether these are real women mm-hmm. or men that have become women. Right. <laughs> so you need to describe what they're like and your reasons for thinking this. And where can uh, people find this if they want to play along at home? B3TA.com. Brilliant website. Very uh, funny. And the section is female or female. <laughs> Can you tell? Do you really want to have this in your internet cookies? <laughs> <laughs> I've had worse. <laughs> That's what she said. Okay, Ross, you're first. Um, this first person here. Yeah, those eyebrows. I'm going. I'm going female. They look Russian. It's a lady. Oh, it was a lady. Okay, Ross scored no points. <laughs> Chris, the next person. I mean, to try and describe it. It looks like a kind of a, a chav, a big... Is that a hoop earring? Or is it a, no, it's a hoop earring. Yeah. Blonde. Um, <clears throat> Original ginger by the looks of those roots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they obviously have some form of breast, whether it's real. Well, that's the thing. Are you going female or shemale? I'm going shemale, I think. Oh, yeah! It's it a man. man. Okay, Ross. Oh, this, this person is quite stereotypically good-looking. <laughs> I think it's a ploy though. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Shemale. Double bluff. Yeah. Damn. There's a lady. Okay, right, Chris. Chris. Next one. Next one's a tough one. This no this, bra. Yeah. They, this person's got you know they're they're top off. They've got painted nails. No obvious Adam's apple. There's, there is no <laughs> obvious Adam's apple. But the chin is down. <laughs> Even the kind of bodily neck of the person. But to be fair, the neck does kind of rise up a little bit. Women's necks don't tend to do that. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Shemale. Shemale. Oh, oh right. yeah. Shemale to Chris. <laughs> I don't know whether that's better or worse. That you. Who's <laughs> <laughs> really winning this game? <laughs> uh, this next person looks a bit like a slightly smoother prince. Um, mm. Yeah. Nah, it looks too much like a drag queen. Again, I mean, this is the third person I'm going to go shemale, but we'll see. Oh, I was right. He's got it. 2-1. The next person looks like the picture was taken in the early 90s. Uh, brunette, kind of tied back hair. Face looks very feminine. Uh, the Adam's apple, I can't really tell it's there. It's hard, it's a hard one. But I've got a funny feeling because of the face, they might be a female. I think you're right. Correct. Three go. one to Chris, and we're going to go for two more. <clears throat> so Ross can only draw at this point. Can he? No, oh he God, the next one's He's horrible. Lost. <sighs> He's lost. It's also hard. She was a bit like <laughs> Anna Nicole Smith, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's not the greatest of foes. You can't really see a hell of a lot. There's definitely some boop going on here. But is it real? Mm, I'm going female. It's a man. <laughs> it's a man. The next Chris. one for me is a kind of like girl in a kind of girl next door pose with hair tied back, looking over her shoulder, kind of sort of like, oh yeah, you know. But um, <laughs> again, the facial appearance looks like a woman. The hair looks nice and glossy like a woman's. 
Like a horse is mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'll go female. Although if a man, it pretty good good job for the guy to get away with that. Ah, it was a lady. I'm right again. <laughs> That's four one to Chris. So well done, Chris, to, for winning the game. I can spot my shima from female. <laughs> so if there's any shemales watch, listen to this program. <laughs> you got to be yeah. Ross. Easy meat, apparently. <laughs> <clears throat> So we cut back to Steve the Beef chasing Bumblebee on his a little girl's bike. <laughs> on his bike. <laughs> Just the train wheels off last week. Just as an aside, by the way, for this next transforming scene, this starts one of my major beefs with these three Transformer films, <laughs> and it seems really petty, but I hate how inconsistent the transforming times are. <laughs> <laughs> how sometimes they transform immediately and then sometimes it takes like seven minutes for them to transform sometimes they transform in the passing of a tree yeah. that's, the, that's the one that always gets me you're like that's a cheap way to get out of transforming them animating them all changing for example it starts Revenge of the Fallen when Optimus Prime transforms it takes easily a good five minutes of screen time <laughs> Stay the Beef um, is chasing down his car on a bike Again, quite hard to do. I mean, if you were trying to chase a car with a bike, it's quite hard. <laughs> you ain't going to be able to do it, really. Oh, right? it's hard. Especially on a girl's bike that's half your size of your bike you should be driving or cycling. He also passes Megan Fox at this point, who's having a, a good, tasty Burger King meal. Uh, which is quite clear to see, because the massive Burger King is like that. All the logos on the bags are pointing yeah. towards the camera. <laughs> like, hint, hint, Burger King, hint. Tasty Whopper, hint. <laughs> Megan Fox has got a tasty whopper it's a main age of literature it's uh, it's quite a blatant plug for corporate Burger King there and uh, does she not get on a branded scooter as well does she not like a Piaggio scooter or whatever it was there's quite a lot of branding in this film yeah yeah I can believe that they totally do but right she, there. she actually kills the Decepticon though she does with the wall Sounds yes, <laughs> which is also um, remarkably clean for it being on a mountain site. <laughs> yeah, you get oh, you fairly get to see the transformer yeah, at yeah. this point. Like you know, the, you see what the transformer is supposed to be, and it's and it's another muscle car. Yeah. Surprise, surprise! Yeah. They really rode the sort of resurgence in muscle muscle cars. He's a Sean Connery. At least he's distinctive, though, which you can't see with a lot of the Transformers yeah. in this. Yeah, Bumblebee does kind of stick out as a clear character. A lot of yeah. the car- a lot of the Transformers do just get lost in the ether of what? Who? <laughs> it's a big truck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the the racist one. That <laughs> 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 yeah, I could be talking about anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Although in this particular instance I was talking about Jazz Pontiac yeah. <laughs> <laughs> GTU But that was to do with the deal it had That's a, smaller Oh it's uh, massively smaller yeah. That's smaller than Bumblebee Which is wrong That is just That's wrong Yes But yeah That's uh, That's the fight with Is it Barricade the car Yeah the car, right. Barricade and Bumblebee fight it's, Where How the hell do you know What the fuck's going on yeah, you don't, you just see lots of flashing yeah, You see, that's the mental thing, is they're two different colours and you still can't no, tell. No, no. <laughs> one's black and it's one's yellow. yellow. <laughs> it's like different. But you still, because it's so close in, you're like... <laughs> flashing metal, that's about it. My, my notes have as a blur of nondescript metal moving past the screen at a very fast pace. <laughs> I think that sums up the whole fight scene. And also, there's turning, uh, is it Ravage again that comes back to this scene? Well, that's the one that Michaela kills, yeah. yeah or decapitates, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For him to fight another day. Yeah. Stephen Beast gets down his boxers here, doesn't he? Yes, he does. <laughs> Did you notice the Wilhelm scream in there as well? 
No. As she fires Ravage away. Well, oh, yeah. a bit of a Wilhelm scream. Does, yeah. Yeah. And Bumblebee changes as well. It's not just the... You, you know, by the way, that he's down to his boxer shorts and she sits on his lap. There's no way a teenage boy is not letting something slip out there. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Megan, a greasy Megan Fox. Yeah. Right? She'd be just slid right off, to be honest. He would literally be finished by the time that she climbed yeah. onto his lap fully. What do you think of the new Chevy that he turns into then? Bumblebee. Which he does in a, in a fit of petulance. <laughs> Call me crap. Well, what is this? So, one hour in, some Autobots arrive. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah, they do. And blah, blah, blah. They have some accents as well. Well, before we get to this point, there's a, there's an issue here that has to be brought up and flagged. You know, the red flag here. Is, I, I think in a way, is it yeah. the kid that no. runs? No. <laughs> this is a hundred times cooler than Armageddon. Oh, God. That's what it is as well. Makes your skin crawl. But it's also He's just right, <coughs> but that's shit. <laughs> there's two things to mention before that, I suppose. It's when the Autobots finally do come down to Earth and they arrive. Uh, one of the Autobots I think it's Prime at this point crashes into the pool yeah that's and, uh, yeah. and the little girl has the My Little Pony uh, toy that follows over on her desk you mean the scene which is a direct copy of one from Jurassic Park Lost World yeah and uh, there's a little My Little Pony toy which is always mm. a Hasbro you know wink wink <laughs> Hasbro but then the next thing is uh, you know Optimus Prime getting his kind of Transformer alt mode uh, this will be their divide or uh, you know yeah your opinion on Transformers the movie whether you think you know the flames were a good idea or whether you think they were a bad idea oh yeah yeah that's when you first see the flames in terms of them standing out a little bit a good idea but in terms of the look <coughs> when he when he's in robot form I quite like the look of the flames but when he's in truck form they just look stupid <laughs> it's not in disguise is it I mean that's no, the whole no. idea behind it is that no. in disguise a yeah. robot with flames inside oh, yeah. <laughs> and a chrome bumper yeah. do you know the biggest problem I have of Optimus Prime though mm. is the fact he has fucking lips <laughs> yeah I know all the Transformers have lips why does Optimus Prime have lips is, is there going to be some point in the film where he has to give Megatron a prison blowjob or something <laughs> otherwise don't write lips into your Transformer film that was how they got round it in the cartoon as well it was with the, the kind of face shield part yeah, which so he has didn't have yeah. it's like a battle thing they didn't animate it in the, the cartoon that saved them having to animate it what's annoying about this is they decide to make the Transformers all spiky and edgy and like you know technologically different from the old cartoon version which is blocky and kind of humanoid mm. because they didn't want the Transformers to be humanoid but then they give them fucking lips <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is the point of that <laughs> What possible mechanical purpose would lips serve? <laughs> Except for some sort of robotic blowjob. <laughs> Sucking up energon. My next note is, jazz is a bit of a stereotype. <laughs> Grotty. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm just going to sit my black ass down. <laughs> how, how do you know to talk like that? We've learned about you from the internet. No, all you'd learn from the internet is how much porn there is on the internet. <laughs> Jazz must have just watched Michael Bay films. <laughs> this is how people talk, is it? Is it also Ironhide is like, I just wanted to show him my cannons. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, easy, Ironhide. Oh, I just wanted to show him my cannons. It's like, really? What terrible dialogue. Cybertron looks really like Mordor, doesn't it? <laughs> if you can scan anything in the world 
why not just change your appearance all the time? Yeah. Why be the stuck? And obviously, it shows you Bumblebee can scan himself into whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. So why the hell couldn't anybody else? Why, why don't they all just do that? Yeah. When they're getting chased, just turn into another vehicle and then drive away the other way. Mm. In disguise. <laughs> yeah. It's two bikes. I think there's got to be some sort of size thing where they've got to go something for a comparable size, but a lot of cars are the same size. <laughs> yeah, especially the cars. They could easily transform. But you see what I mean, though? Why... I mean, in the original Transformers, it was, they were assigned... The road these, by... The shape. yeah. 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 By the Teletran one. Teletran one, yeah. Um, but um, th- they've got no reason to stick to these forms here. They've got a choice, yeah. And clearly, it's just so they can sell more toys. So they can be like, okay, well, we can change these forms at any point, which is what they do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Here's here's an old Bumblebee, and here's a new Bumblebee. And you can they, upgrade, them they, upgrade, they upgrade every film to different versions, mm. slightly different versions. Similar, but slightly different. Mm. But yeah, basically, Captain Birdseye finds Megatron. Mm. And Megatron sprays a map on his glasses. Oh, Megatron, you put a map on my glasses. Basically, Captain Birdseye wanders up to Megatron, pokes him in the right place, <laughs> and Megatron sprays a, gla- like a map on his glasses. Jizzes. Yeah. Jizzes a map to the stars on his glasses. Jizzes some energy on him. <laughs> and then they start alluding to... Um, Steve the Beast's eBay account, they're not. Yeah. Like, are you ladies' man toy? <laughs> <laughs> and you, it cuts back to Josh Duhamel talking about Scorponok. This thing is wicked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and cuts right back to Anthony Anderson and the police interrogation. <gasps> oh, I'm cracking up. It was her. She did it. She oh. did it. <sighs> I like whole notice this scene. Obviously, I was just switched off completely. <laughs> just, it's pretty boring. Just when you yeah. thought it couldn't get worse, it then cuts back to. The Autobots trying to hide in the garden. Yeah, yeah this why? Is terrible. Yes. Why did the Autobots transform at all? Why not just wait where they're waiting? <laughs> that, that was, that was, was to be in fairness, Steve, Steve the Beef did say to them, just stay there. And then yeah. the two seconds later, they're like, no, no, we can't stay here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm coming in to see your house. <laughs> I want like, to show Sam's dad me cannons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want to show you my cannons. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And um, this is like one of the most cringeworthy whole scene in the film when the when the Autobots knock the power out and the dad says, oh, they knocked the Transformers out and then oh. they go up to the room and they're looking at the room, the parents go up to the room to Steve's the Beef room and look at it and there's light shining through the door. They get a bit panicky, they're chapping the door, they're like, hey, Steve the Beef, what's going on in there, let us in. And he's like, chill out, mom, have a walk. And, well, basically that's where the mom was like, were you, were you having like, you know, private time in there, you know, were you... And Touch the dad, in fairness to him, is disgusted as well. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone, that's you, man talk. She, she's, she's <laughs> like, I'll ask him about that later. She's like, were you, were you, were you masturbating? The very <laughs> fact they say this in this film, just, oh, it's horrible. There is a line that he says that I do find quite funny, though, where he says, she asks him why he's so dirty, he's like, I'm a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> we're filthy. <laughs> Malise, I think... I, even more than that I hate the bit where Optimus Prime goes okay calm down calm down calm down calm down but yeah this was horrible it was very it was just, it was just clunky and just the, the whole scene was very bad you found some e-shirt adverts on the internet <laughs> oh, that's what you do to kick folk to calm down it was a lot of like comedy 
padding for very little payoff, mm-hmm. I felt. For 14 rack, yeah, yeah. radiation. So what was your <laughs> Which would kill them. Yes. That, that would kill them. What was your <laughs> least favourite joke amongst this extended comedy scene then? Was it the blown transformer? <laughs> Could be. Oh, how good would it be though if during that, when they talk about that, if you seen RC walking away, kind of wiping her mouth? <laughs> <laughs> she was supposed to be in this film, RC. But Michael Bay doesn't like her. Pitched, she was pitched to be in the film, and also don't they tackle the issue of genders in Transformers, which they didn't care about later on in the film series, obviously. Because, yeah, they have, they have RC in like, yeah. the second one. Yeah. <laughs> and she dies almost immediately. <laughs> Funnily enough. So, Sector 7, take them away. John Tartaro. Yes. And for, what the yes. fuck? What the fuck, John Turturro? <laughs> oh, brother, where art thou? Transformers. <laughs> if you have those two films in your career, you shouldn't really have those two films in your career, should you? You should have ones that I like. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Is it, I've the watched the, the third Jesus. one as well recently. Is it this one or the third one where he says, Tell Megatron it's time to tango. <laughs> <laughs> just hamming it up isn't it <laughs> again these are more characters added to this film that the film didn't need on no, one no, no. Can, like, the military guys could have been investigating yeah, this or yeah. the cops that have been in it so far yeah, or, or anybody like, or the, the secretary ma- of defence yeah. somebody with him <laughs> the John Voight and Anthony Anderson we're cops <laughs> oh no we're not cops oh no I'm worried <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Sector 7 like another dimension to this film it's like a bloody Rubik's Cube it just ever changes its shape but yeah this is where the Sector 7 basically take Sam and his parents and Michaela in the back of their cars to, to interrogate and as you say Ross they, they, was it, they have the radiation levels or something what was it Four, 14 rack yeah which would which would kill someone <laughs> 24 hours if they had that level of radiation on them he'd have no hair left <laughs> yeah. he'd not be able to have children <laughs> Thank God, that's a, that's a godsend for the world. You know, we're many Steve the Beefs running around. And then we have the Autobots intercepting Sector 7. I like that because it means that the Autobots are back. <laughs> we don't have to look at humans for a while. We don't have to see John DeGero destroying the film anymore. Being pissed on by Bumblebee. Uh, but before that, before that, no, just after that, actually, um, he also, they, they tell him to take his clothes off. And he takes his shirt off and he's wearing a, a Sector 7 Superman vest. Ah, yeah. oh, yes. And pants. And pants set, man. And pants oh, have got yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, just... Oh, God. <laughs> just take a moment to think about that. Like, oh. I quite like the bit where the Autobots escape with them as well. The che- yeah, the kind initially, of chase. Initially, <laughs> until the helicopter shows up to chase Prime because... Uh, again it relies too much on close shots and you don't know you can't tell where Prime is in relation to the helicopter and you're like well I don't know if it's near (laughs) (laughs) they could be in a different town (laughs) because then Bumblebee gets gets caught doesn't he oh no they got Bumblebee and Sam and Michaela (laughs) (laughs) but this is this more military spaffing basically like look what our helicopters can do they can take down a transformer (laughs) you don't even have helicopters in sand country (laughs) my next note here is you know what I want more scenes of slow-mo action with music and no sound (laughs) oh good here's more (laughs) do you know what I want Grant I want more characters introduced how about we have a different person coming and tell us about the Beagle 2 Land Rover 
who I was really confused is this guy with the moustache yes yeah. I was really confused because I thought he oh, was really yeah. similar to the Decepticons fake person yeah. that was inside yeah. the Decepticons yeah. vehicles yeah I was like oh no this is the undercover Decepticon <laughs> No, but no. that would have been too interesting. <laughs> Just the guy with a moustache. That guy was picked for the job. You know, the guy that played the Decepticon hologram was picked for the job because Bay and Spielberg were in the lot and the way the military guys were walking past, they just saw him and thought, this guy looks like a Decepticon. <laughs> they, they gave him the job in that role. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a moustache, he must be evil. <laughs> <laughs> and you get more exposition from John Boy in case you care. <laughs> yeah. Why was there a Transformer on Mars? I don't know. It doesn't really explain that. I, I mean, it was know. a good way to sell it because the Beagle 2 Mars rover had, had failed and we didn't know why. Oh, here's a little way to explain it, but Sorry. also put a good bit of spin on this. Yeah, oh, that's a good marketing campaign. Did anybody think, wait a minute, why is they on Mars in the first place? It's a bit of a goof here as well if you know your NASA stuff because they mentioned it's NASA's Beagle 2 mission. Yeah, which, which it wasn't. Yeah. Space Agency mission to the Beagle. So that's right. There's a fuck up that one. Um, you know how sometimes in films you get like a time capsule of like sayings from that time. Mm. How about the Steve the Beef with the Who knew? How two thousand and seven is that? Yeah. I bought a car, turned out to be an alien robot. Who, Who knew? knew? <laughs> we have a Mexican standoff next, which I fast forwarded through, and then there was a cube, blah 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 as well. And then you see Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Let's yeah. get this on interest. <laughs> Here's Megatron. <laughs> Shows up frozen in carbonate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Boba Fett. <laughs> How long's he going to be around for the next three films? Oh, just one film, it would seem like. No, he's in the next ones. Well, they kill him at the end of the film, don't they? But they kill him at the end of the next one as well. Yeah. <laughs> so they just bring him back. Smell, just won't go away. And they kill him at the end of the third one, everyone's like, oh, it's all over. It's like, well, it's not been over the previous two times. You know what would have been good? As if they'd saved Megatron. And instead... This had been Starscream. And the fight had been with Starscream. And then you'd found out, oh, you know, at the end of the film, the little teaser for the next film, instead of Starscream going away, was Megatron going, oh, no, we've lost communications with, um, with Starscream. We're going to Earth. I would have been like, yeah, I would have watched that next film. You could... Can any time Megatron, Megatron come in? Though. You, you, you could spend 24 hours talking about ways of making it film better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And all 24 of those hours would have been better than watching the two hours of this film. Can I ask you a logical question as well? Yeah. When does Megatron show up? It was, it was 1885 or something like 87. Okay, right. Quick question. Yes. What technology was on the world at that point that Megatron wanted to get his hands on? Because that's yeah, why he's that's here. that's why he's here, to get the technology, yeah. Was it on a cube? Ah, the cube. Yeah, so he wants to use the cube to, to change technology on Earth to take yeah. over. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Because yeah. I thought the same. I was like, Steam what? trains? Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to Astro Train? Loads and loads of, like, steamboats and the Titanic and stuff like that come later on. And then... <laughs> Horse and wagon. <laughs> carts, yeah, carts. Because... Is it Ravage the notices... Megatron there and radios yeah. all the other Decepticons. Yeah, and he also goes, Megatron, Megatron, Megatron! Oh, oh God. Dire. Yes. And, and also, it's, you notice a devastating... Thank you, toy line, for this, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all the different assemble. people that they introduce. <laughs> yes, and uh, Devastator's a tank. Devastator is a tank in this film. That's just wrong. They don't acknowledge Devastator's a tank after the film. And what happened was, they, they brought this up with Bay before the film came out. They said, oh, by the way, do you realise you've got Devastator's a tank? And... Uh, 
What should Devastator have been for people who don't Constructor know? Constructor Cons unite to form Devastator. Yeah, the Constructor Cons, you know, so Bone Crush not become Devastator. And they said to Michael Bay, um, you know, you've got Devastator as a tank here. And he's like, yeah, I know. Like, oh, that's, that's not, that's Devastator's a different character. And he's like, no, I think, I think uh, that's suitable for that character. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically yeah. it. But then afterwards, he was kind of like, oh, yeah, I kind of see what you're meaning. So then they don't acknowledge that character as being Devastator after the film came out. Which is just like Crazy. one of the most bizarre things ever. Have you seen the bit in Revenge of the Fallen with when the Constructor Cons unite as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's one of the worst film scenes in cinema history because you've got, well, presumably Devastator yeah. chasing some of the Autobots and you've got two of the Constructor Cons chasing Sam and you're like, this is what? happening at the same time. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. So then we're, we get taken to the part where it's... Um... Uh, yeah, well, experience is finally happening in this film because the Decepticons take like two minutes to come from all over the globe. To get <laughs> yeah, I, got I was like, how did they assemble so fast? <laughs> I, I can get it with Starscream. He's a jet. You can get there pretty quick. Yeah. How did a tank roll all the way across the desert like, get there so fast? <laughs> Through all the, the, the cities yeah, the and the cities deserts and the roads. Is oh, well. it a tank there? <laughs> so I just realised, oh no, Scorpion dies, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. Scorpion doesn't die in that battle scene. He just takes no. tail gets left. So he never makes an appearance ever again, Scorpion. No. Okay. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm glad we all kind of established that. Was Scorpion Ox, <clears throat> is he a Transformer? Yeah. I think he's a Beast Wars. Yeah, I No, no, he's in there. He is in the Headmasters. Headmasters. Yeah. I don't know, I've not seen that. Which is the, when the heads come off to yeah. form many Transformers. Right. It's kind of after season it like four, series. wasn't it? Yeah. And it led on to Takara. Okay, on to Takara. Yeah. After season four, G1. Which, just if I could recommend this to anyone, it's um, to get Transformers Takara, <laughs> uh, but watch it with the English dub on, because it's only like three guys doing all the voices. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. The bit that reminded me of, actually was when Megatron started to melt, and it reminds me of the bit in when Galvatron dies in Takara, and he's like, oh, I'm melting, oh no. <laughs> Oh. We have to mention I am Megatron. Yeah, <laughs> Got to allude to the fact before that is when they show you the Allspark and what the Allspark can do, and then it's like they take him to that little room with a cabinet and they take the phone off and the Nokia phone, and it's like John Turner's character, like, oh, Nokia, those crafty Japanese with the Nokia phones. And everyone's like, isn't that a finish? And, <laughs> and anyway, I was like, what was the point of that joke? Anyway, they put the Nokia phone in the box and it like goes off and it starts shooting, like, I don't know. Shooting oh, something, yeah, it goes crazy because then. yeah, it's touched the old spark. Yeah, how about the fact that the old spark changes in a tiny cube as well, yeah. breaking the laws of physics? <laughs> I suppose if you're going to have a MacGuffin, you might as well have it break the laws of physics. Surely that would be pretty heavy, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> too heavy for Sam the prick to hold, whatever his name is. Or Sam, what quickie? Yeah. <laughs> They have the black characters as well going, Ah oh, man, Freddy Krueger'd be in this joint. Ain't no Freddy Krueger in free class, they'd be Wolverine! <laughs> that's, that's also part of the dialogue. Let's never forget. <laughs> yeah, the, the film really needs to stop showing us John Turturro and Anthony Anderson and start showing us some yeah. Transformers, please. Yes. Talking about Anthony Anderson, isn't he the one that says, Yeah, I can hotwire this computer and turns the monitor around? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just the monitor. <laughs> Oh, you're going to be able to get a picture if you're lucky. <laughs> How do you hotwire a computer? <laughs> you don't. You hack it. He's a hacker. 
I couldn't give two shits about the Morse code scene as well, which yeah. takes up a good ten minutes of screen time. How are we going to talk to the other people? Because the communications are down. What about Morse code? Let's work out how to do Morse code. <gasps> Sir, we're getting a Morse code signal. Come on. What does it say? It says we are using Morse code to send you a signal. <laughs> now they're writing back to us. <laughs> they're saying thank you for using Morse code. <laughs> Where did you learn this? <laughs> Really? That's an interesting story. Anyway. So, so yeah, Megatron melts and says, I am Megatron, which is a reference to the Generation <coughs> 1 cartoon. Also, what really bugs me about this is, right, M, they, what do they call Megatron? MBE1, that's yeah. what they call him. And they're all, they're all panicking, they're all shitting themselves because he's starting to slowly melt. Why didn't they blow him up? <laughs> Why didn't they take the time when he's melting to blow him up? Or what, they would have like some kind of safeguard, like just in case there's C four strapped to him. Just pull the sleeve on and he gets blown up. Yeah. Can I point out another logical inconsistency in this as well? What's that? What do the Autobots say? How did they learn the language? Internet. Internet. Yeah. How does Megatron, Megatron learn the language? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instantaneously. <laughs> See if he's Wi-Fi. listening to these guys. Got Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi <laughs> it's a mobile Wi-Fi hotspot grant it's what you don't understand surprise as well as it's about orange <laughs> the type person Tra- transforms into a modem <laughs> that is so good <laughs> well they updated it from when you used to turn into a handgun that other people could shoot now he just turns into a Wi-Fi hotspot the reason they gave that not happened in this film is because they said it was like Darth Vader transforming into his lightsaber. That's what they said. They said, if Megatron transforms into a gun in this film, it would be like Darth Vader transforming into a lightsaber. Somebody else has got to use him. He's not useful by himself. Yeah, he's a tool. Yeah. <laughs> he is a tool. <laughs> but Just like Michael B. You've got lots of other Decepticons here. Yeah. Yeah. He'll show up. He does kind of turn into a gun at one point. The point was that Megatron was a badass gun. He was like yeah. a really powerful super gun. He could have turned it into like a stationary cannon. It does, well, he's, a, he's a tank in G2. Or he's a, a cannon in Galvatron. Yeah, so yeah. He could have used any of those forms and got away with it. Mm. So yeah, the highway scene. Yeah. yeah. The car yeah. eye view shots are awful. They're too close again, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, well, I don't care close. what this person in this car can see. I want to see what's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Having seen the island, by the way, is... One thing you might not know about Michael Bay is ever since he made The Island, he will rip off The Island whenever he does a new film. <laughs> he, he, he likes it more than everyone else. And this highway scene is a really good example of that. It's, there's a lot of shots lifted directly from The Island. He also, lifts, he also lifts a shot directly from Pearl Harbor in this film. See, when the military fleet's mobilising at the start of the film, that's directly stolen from Pearl Harbor. They've just kind of updated the, the visuals on it. <laughs> is it where... Um, Ironhide puts the animal crackers in Optimus Prime's belly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm forgetting, but wish they recreated that as well. Oh, we're going to the Serengeti. <laughs> I just want to show you my cannon, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but were you guys a fan of the big red sword? What are you talking about? The in the chase scene yeah Prime's big red sword thing I love it because that's a generation yeah. 1 reference yeah, it's Megatron's got a big Megatron's got a big uh, mace as well yeah it? that's G1 reference and also the Hoover Dam is a reference to the what's they call it in the G1 it's something Dam the it's not the Hoover Dam but it's something Dam in, in G1 anyway they fell on top of that so that's, that was a reference to which is quite a oh, nice yeah, wee yeah. top off of the cap I just can't get enough shots of guys getting into planes though 
Thanks, Mike of me. Yeah. <laughs> the military. Military. Fuck yeah. More of that, please, mate. How how good are the Autobots eyesight though to recognise the jet in the distance as Starscream? Considering <laughs> they don't know what his form is. Yeah. <laughs> hey look at Starscream, what? <laughs> that tiny dot <laughs> just blasting off into the distance at Mac 4 although I do like Starscream and the, the scene where Starscream kills uh, takes out the, the other, other planes that's pretty good eh? and amazing. it's because it's from shot from behind and you can watch him you know do what he's good. doing that was quite a good scene actually I do agree that was a really decent scene is yeah. the city really the best place to minimise casualties <laughs> yeah, they were, they were going. They went from the desert what's, to the city. Yeah, <laughs> what's the city called again? It's got a really stupid mission. City. Mission City. It's like a thing from Level, like computer game Level. Yeah, it's, it's next to Raccoon City. Yeah. <laughs> it's played like that as well. It's like yeah. there's four streets and they're all got skyscrapers on them. Yeah. There's no suburbs in this place. So Bumblebee gets injured, and he's like, "We need someone to take the the Allspark to the roof." Ratchet, Why no. are they Ironhide, no. Sam, <laughs> you weak flesh human. <laughs> Ratchet could just climb up the building and be there in like three seconds. Do you know what I love about as well is that the, the soldier guy, this is what he says to Sam, he's like, you're a soldier now. And that's it, that's all he says to him. That's, that, was it, that, was the, that was the confidence boost he needed to be able to do that job. It's that, that easy, he's now enrolled in the army as yeah. well. You, didn't you watch this film, Chris? Being a soldier is the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Anyone can do it. Anyone can be a soldier. But also as well, you're missing the fact that just before that scene, Jazz gets killed. He does. He does. Megatron kills him. Megatron. Do you know what? Who cares? <laughs> because you've not seen you've seen like two minutes of the Autobots in this film you've not built any character development you don't care about any of the Autobots you're not invested in any time in the Autobots who cares wouldn't it help though to build up some relationship with the Autobots if one of the Autobots was taking Allspark to the roof instead of Sam yeah you got you know, you're worried doing about something that. heroic <clears throat> yeah well, why is Sam doing this he's got to run through like 20 floors yeah. of this building or if Jazz had taken it some of the way he got him ripped apart and Sam had carried up the rest that would have worked Mm-hmm. Yes, you would have been, You would have felt sorry for for Jazz then. Could have worked. The only reason to kill Jazz is because he was the third most popular Transformers character. They couldn't kill Bumblebee or Optimus Prime because he's the top two. So Jazz was the next in line. Mm-hmm. So they thought we'll kill him. Nobody will expect that coming. Did you notice though that Sam doesn't go? Like, <coughs> although you say you're a soldier now, he doesn't just leave right after that. He waits until Ratchet says, "Don't worry, we'll protect you." He's like, "Okay then." <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for it now. Yeah. now I've got two giant bodyguards. <laughs> you notice the bit where he falls and hits the ground and then the little spark from the cube comes out and goes into Xbox. a soda machine, an Xbox and a car. Yeah. But I did you notice that the Xbox, when it gets into the Xbox, it makes the Xbox yeah. turn on dice? And uh, there's a little bit more advertisement. <laughs> well, also before that as well, they blow up a Furby truck, which is another Hasbro yeah. link of the eye. <laughs> You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't have thought they would have wanted to blow up, really. Yeah. Just being glimpsed on a billboard that they were fighting in front of. <laughs> We've got another fight going on here as well, though. Eh? Prime v Megatron. Do mm-hmm. once you'll stand, yeah. once you'll fall. Yeah. Why throw away like, your life so recklessly? It's <laughs> a question you should ask yourself, <laughs> Megatron. <laughs> they did do quite a good <laughs> job of. <laughs> Of uh, referencing the, the original film, though, don't they? Yeah. And, and picking some of the cherry lines of it. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Using them badly. I love cap duffing in this film. <laughs> <laughs> but again, basically, it's it's Prime versus Megatron, 
a whole lot of sheet metal going past your eyes, <laughs> and then the military comes swooping into the, the rescue. <laughs> Clear the mess. Who is it that goes onto the roof to take the spark off? Not the spark, the cube. The spark's the second one. It's the MacGuffin in the second one. It has exactly the same purpose. That's why I got confused. Um, which one of the Decepticons is it that... Megatron goes after. It's yeah. Megatron goes after. He, he says, I smell it. you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I and smell it, you, boy. And which like, one was the sixth criminal again? <laughs> then he says, give me the cue, boy. And there's, there's a real air of... Drop them pants, boy. <laughs> if you give it up now, I shall make you my pet. Boy. <laughs> but yeah, that's Megatron. I'll show you why Prime has lips. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and, and Michaela's pulling Bumblebee along, mm-hmm. being more of a hero than Sam. Yeah, basically, yeah. She has to go back into Warzone with Bumblebee, reversing a tow truck. Could she be a hero, please? Back. Yeah, she'd be a bit better. Greasy Fox. Mm. That's them taking down Devastator, isn't it? The tank. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's it. The not, the not Devastator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how you talked about Black Hawk Down earlier? Yeah. How about ha- Sam hold, handing the cube over as the copter gets blown up? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and somehow he manages to not be fried alive. <laughs> or sliced in half by the helicopter. Yeah, the blades remarkably just miss him. Pretty cool scene where Prime's falling from the roof with Sam and like they're bouncing off the bulk buildings trying to slow the momentum down. Obviously killing yeah. more people than probably you know, he's killing people. Let's <laughs> get to be real, Prime's killing people doing that, he's saving <laughs> Sam. But like then Megatron comes flying down with no disregard, just takes him out, like spears him into the ground. I was like, that's pretty sweet. But then when Megatron gets up, the first human gets up and he's like, he pings him away. That human pings away is Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's Michael Bay. Mm. Is it wrong to be on Megatron's side when he's fighting Sam? <laughs> <laughs> it's that, it's such a gamble. Like, Prime tells him, if, if it all comes to an end, like, push the cube into my chest and I'll destroy it, I'll take oh. it with me. You've no For re- all he knows, uh, like... Can make him super strong. Yeah, it could, it could end the whole <laughs> film. <laughs> You would think it would actually, yeah. And because I mean, as far as life, we know, yeah. that's just bad energy. Because everything it hits, it turns evil. It doesn't turn into evil or good. So surely that would just give him lots of evil energy. No, didn't think that through. No, did he? Just uh, yeah. But just, then it just also kills they, they, they slip in at the end as well. The, the brother reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Was he mean the literal brother, the metaphorical brother, or like or the, the Hulk Hogan brother? Hogan <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. Absolutely, the smackdown on you. What do you think of Bumblebee's voice? <laughs> oh, yeah. And how did that affect itself? Hello, Al- 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 I am Alfred. Bumblebee. Alfred Bumblebee. <laughs> can I bring you some cucumber sandwiches? It kind of makes sense when you think back to the kind of sexual deviant Bumblebee. Sam Michaela shag inside of him. He's probably going to film a bit of like you know. Ex hamster later on for like the World Wide Web to enjoy. They do get around Cyber this later on. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the nasty humans. <laughs> You've paid your debt, Bumblebee, you sex criminal. Now you're allowed to have people snogging on top of you on your bonnet. Yeah, that's the it, next it scene. <laughs> okay, I guess that covers this piece of shit. A side note that I had is just in the film. I was thinking, thinking about when Sam was, you know, basically Sam now has Bumblebee as a car. Mm. How difficult would it be to insure an Autobot? <laughs> and like, like, how challenging, after working not ham it off as an Autobot, how challenging would it be for a person like Sam to insure that Camaro? Like, how much money would it cost Im- to officially insure? Impossible. Yeah. 
I mean, it, he doesn't even have a registration plate that's real. Exactly. <laughs> that's another person's Camaro. They're going to instantly go, that's a stolen vehicle. Doff of the cat where Starscream shoots up in space. That's a reference to the G1 cartoon where Starscream, Sun Skywarp and Thundercracker shoot up in the space at the end. So I've got a few few bits and bobs that I've you know, nitpicked away there and got all the facts and figures and stuff. That's good. I said a lot of them through the way. Yeah, my first kind of uh, error I, I mentioned earlier on the podcast was about... Uh, the day into night with the Bumblebee barricade scene where they just one second you know Sam chasing Bumblebee down the street in his little bike and it's day, broad daylight and Michaela's just sucking on a big whopper or whatever she's having and then like about two minutes later in the film in real time it's pitch black outside and like, they're having the Autobot and the tip on to find each other and I was just like that's just that's just crazy that's, that's like that's like in um, X-Men 3 when the, the bridge is moving and it's daylight and the next thing the bridge is finally in place it's dark again you're like what the fuck <laughs> Uh, another little trivial thing is an eBay Sam Witwicky's eBay account is Ladies Man two one seven, and the L in Lady and the M in Man is capital letters. But on eBay pages you can only have one case. Yeah. <laughs> Very pedantic, but you know, must be must be. Pointful. We found our jump the shark moment. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> what I'm calling in this film. Yeah, and also did you know that the the um, Decepticons were actually designed before the film was. Uh, <laughs> Britain basically <laughs> Hasbro had already signed the Decepticons so it's like Hasbro basically went to make a way that's your Decepticons he was like oh is it <laughs> great I'll just work with that then get some much yep didn't yeah. have much, uh, much choice and uh, the writers and Decepticons it's not Decepticons they are, well, they are Decepticons <laughs> but the writers and Michael Bay decided to change the Autobot character of Prowl which was going to be in the film into a Decepticon barricade because they felt the idea of a cop car being evil was better than a cop car being uh, goody. Footnotes taken care of, boys. Okay, shall we choose some jump the shark moments? We better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, what's your jump the shark moment? It's a very big split between Optimus Prime's uh, flames or the robot nonchalant walk of Air Force One. <laughs> I think I'm going to go for the robot nonchalant walk of Air Force One. For me, that was just a step too far to make the film enjoyable in my my aspect of the film. I can live with the flames, but the stupid robot walk was just, no. For me, that's just too much. A step too far, about one minute, say. It's quite early in. Grant, where is your jump shot moment? When Mojo the dog pisses on Ironhide. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I've waited... An hour on the Autobot showing up, <laughs> and now they're getting pissed on. <laughs> you know what else is getting pissed on? My childhood. <laughs> Thanks, Michael Bay, you fucker. <laughs> and you, you know when Bumblebee pisses on John Turturro? That's yeah. like, that's doing a stunt, man. That's like jumping over ten sharks. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of urination in this film that didn't need to be yes. there. How about you, What's your moment? Uh, my jump the shark moment is when we get introduced to the MacGuffin's MacGuffin. Because <laughs> at the start, the MacGuffin is great granddad's glasses. That's what they're looking to find, and that's what everybody's after. Oh no, they're actually wanting that something else, that route to the cube, which is introduced later on. Like, why couldn't his granddad just have passed down a small cube, which later on we find out can turn into this big massive cube? That might make more sense as to why, why the Autobots were able to track Sam down as well. Yeah, and why they're all so desperate to get him. Like, surely they could trace some Energon from it or something? I don't yeah. know. It's the MacGuffin's MacGuffin. It's, you could have done it in one. Mm-hmm. Poor film, Reagan. Yeah, it's interesting, I like that. 
as a as a you know sidewinder one. We still have the competition running for uh, first to fifty likes on Facebook. Um, when we get to fifty, we will pick names out of a hat, and that person will get to come on the podcast and do a film of their choice. So go to the Facebook page, which is Grant. Don't jump the shark film podcast. And give us a like, and you could appear on the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Don't Jump Shark, or send us your emails at Don't Jump Shark at hotmail.co.uk. No, that's wrong. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> we live in a multicultural world, world yes. across. We're all one people. We're all hotmail. <laughs> <laughs> Or she mail, I'm not sure. <laughs> you can't tell either, Ross. No, no. Don't get into this. And that's it. Cheerio. Bye. Megan Fox's oily pants. <laughs> <laughs>